Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Rested his submissions on and prompted the, um, the referral. That tape is what moved us to call um, Chief Bugri Nabu for authentication and also comments on the tape. Then he did what he was supposed to do. It turned out that there was another tape. And if you care to know, I will tell you, I have nothing to hide. And that other tape was furnished this committee by the lawyers of Chibu Renabu. It will be a miscarriage of justice and an outrageous way of adduction of evidence to discard the second tape. I don't see how we as a committee can say that, no, we won't look at it. When the first tape, if you like, the original one, is being challenged by the individuals who are on the first tape, say, no, there's more to the tape that we can see. And guess what? The one who said he taped finishes the committee with the, if you like, the, the full tape. Council, what is this with equity, good conscience, and law for this committee to say, well, there is an additional information associated and integral to the first tape, and we want to ignore it. But guess what? I want you to bear in mind that you have a world of opportunity to look at the tape. And then how it affects your client, you will deal with it. And probably you will deal with it when we sit in camera, when you can look at some of the details properly. But at this stage, I do not see how anybody can say that this committee should not deal with the second thing because we are on a journey of authenticity, which is part of our mandate. So in order to authenticate the tape, we have found that, oh, the first one, um, it's not all that the tape is supposed to roll out, but there's additional conversations on the second tape. So I, want, I don't want to go more than this. Let me deal with the second issue of um, um, the necessity uh, to let them sit in the witnesses. There was no way we were going to call the IGP about some of the matters. Because we didn't want to say that IGP has done something untoward. If you, if you listen to the first tape, there's nothing the IGP did regarding the, the first tape. And therefore, to say 
that we should have brought the IGPA to sit while the others are testifying uh, with the greatest of respect. We're not called to common sense. Because the IGP had not, nothing on the tape, the first thing. It is rather the individuals on the first tape who made allegations against the IGP. A committee of parliament that wants to respect the authoritarian party rule should invite the IGP, who the others are, if you like, accusing, to come and clear himself. So that he will also have some space, as we are about to offer him, to deal with the preliminary issues, the beginning matters. That's what we're trying to do. They've said a lot of things against you, and they should, they should sit in. You see, they are not going to say one word when the IGP is speaking. They are not going to, uh, their lawyers are not going to ask any questions. They have to listen to the voice of their boss. And then probably, when we retire in camera, then they will know. And now let's get the evidence out, properly speaking. You've made a point about the fact that how can somebody testify and later bring the, um, if you like, the substantiating evidence. You made that point clearly. Bear in mind that we have all been warned that what we are doing has not just security implications. That's why if you could, you, you heard me, I could checkmate my vice that please don't go there. I said this, some people were angry. That why are you trying to stop your vice from? Because this is a strategic listening and we need to be careful. That's why I could tell you right in your face. I wouldn't sit down here for anybody to be smeared the IGP and I'm enjoying it. No. If we got in camera and there's something that the whole country should hear, and they will hear it. So, Council, I crave your indulgence that when they are outside, it will not affect the testimony of the IGP. It will affect it. And when they are here, it will not affect the IGP's testimony in any way. Because they won't say one word. We are not going to permit them to say one word when the Inspector General of Police is speaking. It should end it. And then the wisdom of the committee will be that, look, refer the IGP on, if you like, what has come into the public domain. Because some people were saying that, oh, the IGP should not speak in public. I am of the humble view, and I have the backing of the committee, that if matters about the IGP have been rolled out via this platform, then why, did, why don't you want to practice the audio or temperature room to give the IGP the opportunity to respond to the initial issues? That's all. And after that, we accord him the respect and the respect of the uh, other, I mean, uh, officers. In a private, uh, uh, in-camera situation, for us to continue with the serious matters. Also, am I making sense? Or you think there are some other issues you want Wait, to say? Mr. Chairman, you have made I'll a lot of sense. You. you have made a lot of sense. Um, but I also think I made a lot of sense. <laughs> I also made a lot of sense. And Mr. Chairman, 
what you have said is their presence here is inconsequential. Yes. Then why are they here? Because, we, we are let me answer. Yes. You see, their presence here is very important for the subsequent work we are about to do. You get the point? And initially, yes. initially, there was no need for the IGP to be here. Please get my premise right. Because if you pay regard to the first day, there was nothing that IGP has done. On the contrary, there is a congregation of men who are talking about him. So why invite the IGP? There's no point. But now that those men appeared before us, and they are saying certain things about the IGP, then it is consistent with the natural justice principle that the IGP should also make his initial, I mean, remarks, or if you like, say what he wants to say, either in confirmation or in rebuttal to what you said, and then you go into the conclave to do what is necessary. But to say that, um, um, that they should go out um, when what the IGP is saying is not the end of the interrogation, because we are, we are telling you, and we have to be very honest, we respect where the IGP is sitting. All of us, we are very, in fact, we are nervous. Because he is in charge of the internal security of the realm called Ghana. We don't toy with these matters. That is why, when it's all said and done, we know what to do as a committee to exact meaning, substance, and evidence of camera. And then we work with it and report to plenary. So this is what we are attempting to do. But I'm afraid um, they are sitting here is for their own benefit. The people seated here, for them to listen to what the Inspector General of Police will say, and then we continue with interrogation. See, because how would they also prepare for what we are all about to do? And what they said, we've given it to you, haven't we? We've given it to you. All that they said, we've given it to you. But we couldn't have brought the IGP here because the tape, I mean, I mean, it was not necessary that, I mean, it should come. So, Council, I think we should rest this matter. And then, Vice, you wanted to chip in or something? Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, and let uh, the IGP, I mean, deal with some of the issues in a very, I mean, simple way and straightforward. And then, we know what to do. Yes, honorable um, chairman, my understanding of the objection raised is that it is an objection which raises questions of consistency. So the previous witnesses who appeared did that in the absence of the IGP. So council is saying that in good conscience and in fairness, why have we allowed the witnesses who previously appeared 
minus the IGP to sit in when it is his turn to take his stance and speak to the committee. Now, one thing that we must bear in mind is that at the moment, our proceedings are public. It's a public hearing until we um, go out of, uh, you know, uh, uh, sight and uh, out of view from the cameras. Well, that being the case, I want us to adopt a middle ground. It cannot be said that the statements the IGP is going to make here would be coded in a manner that these witnesses cannot hear. If we were to ask them to go into the next office, there is a screen. They will have the benefit of hearing whatever the IGP would say. No, for the sake of consistency. So that now they are raising issues of equity, good conscience. It shouldn't appear as if you know, we are not extending the same treatment we uh, offered the other witnesses to the IGP. So on that score, I think that the witnesses here would lose nothing if we were to say, you know what, kindly recuse yourself, go into the next office, you can watch on the screens. If that would give them comfort, with German, I think we should proceed in that order in order to cure any perception, possible perception that there is no perception. We are not extending a level playing field to there is nothing, the parties who are there here is nothing right. like giving somebody an advantage. Because they should say that their presence here will not give them the space to testify. That's what they say. And I've said, I've given you a very good premise, that there was no issue of consistency of treatment when we started the interrogation because we couldn't have called the IGP to come and sit in when we started. Because nothing concerned the IGP. Guys, let's get it right. And I do not know the kind of disadvantage the IGP will suffer if the people are listening to him. What is the problem? There's no problem at all. They are not going to say one word. On the contrary, the one whose voice we hear is the IGP. Nobody's going to, there's no lawyer here who's going to stop the IGP in the middle of that. When he was trying to tell us, if you like, the preliminary issues. And Council, I want to stress this. The preliminary issues that they said here, that we're giving him space to state his position. As a preliminary matter because he was not present when those allegations were made and we want to be fair to the IGP and let the IGP dilate a bit on some of the things they said but to invent another principle that there's an inconsistency in this matter is neither here nor there because it is not the people sitting here who determine what the IGP will say so please uh, council, if you want the IGP to speak, let him speak. If you don't want the IGP to speak, say so. But with this other argument that their presence is, is evidence of inconsistency, is not borne out by, by what we've done here, the proceedings. Because who knew? Who knew what was going to happen today? But for the fact that they, what, they, what they said, 
I sitting here as a chairman. I didn't know what they were going to say. So how can I invite the IGP in advance to come and sit when I didn't know what they were going to say? There's no member of this committee who knew what, you know, what this individual was going to say. In fact, we didn't even call, I mean, um, um, these individuals. We called Chief Bukin Nabu first. Is that not so? And then he said, these were the individuals who were having, if you like, a tete-a-tete with. That is why we called them. I don't know whether my memory is messing me up, but what we called Chief Bukin Nabu, these individuals, were they here? They were not here. Let, let, they are having a conference. Let them finish. Mr. Chairman, um, Council, what is your view? And I want to proceed. Yeah. Mr. Chairman, I also want you to be able to proceed. All I am saying is, on the 17th, from you, your very self, Honorable Chairman, at page four of the report, the transcription, you said, so Bukri Nabu will open the floodgates. I think the IGP is mentioned, is he not? So he could be a potential witness. Note that we would invite the police commissioner too. That's why I am saying it was not after the testimonies that you knew who to invite. Before the testimonies, you knew who you were going to invite. So at that point, you should have invited the IGP. The, 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 as to who was a potential witness, it didn't come after the testimonies. It came in your first meeting way before Bukri Nagu was called. And I am taking this from a report given to us by this committee. I'm not making anything up. Can you tell this committee in a few words? I wouldn't want to have a banter with you. You know you, know you I... can't do that. Let's say to be careful. Yes. Can you tell this committee the injury you will suffer if they are seated there? And then I, I, I take a decision. What injury are you going to suffer? I don't get it. Yes. What, what injury are you going to suffer so that we note it and take a decision? What injury are you going to suffer? Now, Honorable Chair, in the, in the event that they stayed outside, what injury will they also suffer? And what injury will the committee also suffer? See, the committee is not sitting only today. And please mark my words carefully. And I'm going to say it finally because you can waive your right not to speak. And I, I wouldn't worry my soul at all. This, these are going to be my final words to you. And I don't want to continue with the banter. I don't need it. I have an opportunity to speak. You see, these individuals and even the IGP are going to continue after here. We are not ending proceedings today. And some of the proceedings will be, will be so important, it will be in camera. So therefore, it is relevant that they listen to what IG is saying, because the proceedings are not ending today. I, 
I, I, I, that is what it is. And the matters affect them. And they argue. It's like you saying that uh, in the court of law, there's a plaintiff and the defendant. The defendant um, 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 is testifying. The plaintiff should go out. I, I don't get the logic of it. So I will say more than this. I give the Inspector General of Police the opportunity to deal with the preliminary issues. And if he wants to do that, we will give him the space to do it. If he doesn't want to do that, I leave it to your judgment as a lawyer. That is all I will say for now. So, the Inspector General of Police, um, we want to commence the interrogation of the matter. And um, I want to lead in some areas, and then we start. Mr. Chairman, may I crave your indulgence once more? May we be guided by the ruling of the committee? Is this statement you just made the ruling of the committee so that the records will reflect that this was the ruling of the committee? Yes. I, 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 you raised an objection and I overruled you. Yes. So, so that is it. I don't know what else you want me to say. And if you want me to overrule my advice, I will do that. Yes. Because you see, you've not satisfied me on one point, which is very, very interesting. Am I doing anything here which will prevent the head of the police service from putting the story across? None. I've not done anything untoward to prevent him from uh, speaking. And I've said that there's no way whilst the Inspector General of Police is speaking, any of the witnesses or their lawyers will interrupt. There will not going to be any public cross-examination or anything whatsoever. And their presence here should not hurt the flow of what the IGP will say. Inspector General of Police. Mr. Chairman. Yes. The IGP is ready. Okay, so... But, sorry, Chairman, before we proceed, I, I need to address certain issues. Chairman, with the greatest of respect, I think as a committee, it's important that we build consensus. I don't like it when I raise issues that I think are, you know, clearly in tandem with practice and procedure, and to be told in the face by my Chairman that if, if, if you're minded, I would overrule my vice chairman. I think the committee must learn to build consensus. Or if you overrule me, I'll call for a division. And then my, my position on the matter is captured on the record. So I don't like to hear statements like, I, I could overrule my chairman and we make progress. If you say things like that, I call for a division so that how I feel about the matter is captured on record. So, with that in mind, I think we can make pro progress. Let's learn to build, build consensus, you know, in these matters. Yes. How you feel about the matter has been captured already? Uh, because you spoke and it was done. Uh, no, but you said you would overrule me. Uh, but I, said, I'm, I'm, I, I have a voice, I have a voice here. If overruled, but then if I a chairman can overrule, I am dissatisfied for a division. And you know what that means. Chairman, yeah. um, I think... Um, Council has given indication that the IGP is ready. 
and we have and um, we, we, we we want to listen to him i think that is what Ghanaians are waiting for thank you <laughs> to the audio tape? Hannah Richard, thank you. And thank you to the members of the committee. I would like to say that, Hannah Richard, if you permit me before I speak to that, I want to make a few opening remarks. Sure. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, there have been a lot of issues about my person. And I would like to take the opportunity granted me today. That actually democracy is being strengthened. The court has become too interventionist. Joy, 99.7 FM. That's the background to all of Joy, 99.7 FM. And the fundamentals is this. My father opened me George Jacobsi the mother comes from Achimoso, or their ancestral home at Kowua Sakraka. His father comes from Chibi, and his father comes from the village. I'm trying to put it together, I'm sorry. The girl and my father's father comes from the girl and his father comes from a Kropon. My mother comes from the Sion. My mother's name is Agnes Sion, maiden name. She comes from the Sion family of Junarase who migrated to live at Nkonya Ropon. So looking at me, that is the space of my parentage. I am a multi-ethnic. Ghanaian, and that's why I'm passionate about Ghana. Now, in terms of medication, I didn't have the benefit of going to a secondary school, but by the grace of God and by the mentorship of many, as well as hard work from a private studies for my O level. Through to A level, 
became an HRE accountant and acquiring master's degrees, both of them with distinction up to the level that I had my doctorate degree in finance and management with multiple other professional qualifications that time will not permit. In terms of my policing career, Honorable Chair, I entered the police service with an O-level as a recruit. And by December this year, I will have been 33 years in the service. And it means that all my colleagues here today, in terms of who came to the police service first, I've seen all of them. And in addition to that, within the 33 years that I have been a police officer, I've risen through the ranks to become Commissioner of Police, and later, is essentially the President of the Republic, Anna Adudanko Kufuado, honored me with a position of Inspector General of Police. And I will share my progression within the police service is this. I reported to training on 1st of December, 1990. I completed training as a constable on 30th of August 1991. And from constable, within a period of 24 years, I became a commissioner, unprecedented. What is even more unprecedented is that from constable, 1991, Within a little period of a little over six years, from constable, I became a subtenant of police. And that is even more unprecedented than becoming a commissioner within 24 years. Who was the ITP when you became a subtenant? When I would say, I don't have that information directly, but if you will allow me to finish the opening remarks, and I will be ready to answer any question that I can, so that I can flow.